my juices flow. Uh, okay. We have wildly different definitions of fun. I'm looking at a rubber raisin with a long neck. Laying around on his couch, eating craft singles like a maniac. Syrupy, emotiony syrup. <laughs> Hang on, lady, we going for a ride. Shia LaBeouf riding a bicycle, pedaling fast through the air. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net now with two squeaky chairs. Oh, of course. I go to squeak my new... There it is. Oh, there we go. There we go. My brand new office chair. (laughs) And it it don't squeak, so I sit here rocking back and forth like a moron. Yeah. It will. I'm sure at some point you'll be reviewing some crappy YouTube made-for-TV movie, and I'll just kind of lean back and it'll be like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, it's loud. It's so loud, but... It's it's more comfortable than my old one, so that's good. Uh, I'm Merrick Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. And I'm on the usual Canadian Hunter. What about you? Um, well, I finished off my last bottle of Hunter, and now I'm on to Canadian Club, um, which I will be finishing probably tonight, folks. <laughs> we really should start getting some whiskey sponsors. We should. Yeah. We honestly should. Yes. <laughs> They'd probably be like, well, let me listen to your show. No, no, yeah. nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'd say that this is good stuff, but it's 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 deliciously average. Oh, yeah, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Things going good, though, around the house? Yeah. Everything? Yep. Yeah. Things going, yep. Just the usual daily grind, you know. Uh-huh. That's... <laughs> Dealing with stuff, but uh, it's all, you know, kids are relatively healthy and in bed, and uh, so that's a good thing. Oh, my last one just toddled up for the fourth time, I'm sure that, yeah, hopefully he stays in bed, if not. He'll be joining us later tonight, folks. Stay tuned. Give his review of Monsters uh, University tonight, which was Mm. come running, screaming into the bathroom while dad's on the toilet and scream that Mike is scary or something. It's like, okay. <laughs> Translation, I just don't want to watch this. I'm not in the mood. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, That's I, funny because our my, my kids do the exact same thing. If there's something that they're watching and they're like, eh, it's scary. It's, and I'm like, there's nothing scary about this at all. You're just, you're bored with it. Yeah. So, nah. Just be happy you're watching TV, kids. That's right. Okay. Well, are you ready to dive into the roulette? Yes, here we go. Oh, God, here we go. Where we (sighs) jump into the ocean of movies that are available wherever they may be in the world. And this last time it was uh, YouTube. And it was The Terror Within up against The Driller Killer. And you get to go first. And it's a good week for you to go first because unlike the last month or two of episodes... And recently watched, I've only got a couple of things. There's a very specific reason for that, but we'll save that for later. Okay. Uh, Okay, so up first for me is The Driller Killer, directed by Abel Ferreira. The reason I bring up his name is because he has done some really, really great movies. uh, Namely, King of New York, Bad Lieutenant, and Miss 45, which I really, really liked. Um, I still haven't seen that one. Man, that movie is hardcore. That's rough stuff. And having watched this now, this fits right in line with those other movies. It's not 
remotely near as good, but you can tell it it fits with those movies as far as a very dirty New York, um, like a grimy seventies New York. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody is pretty much a scumbag in it, and especially in this movie, everybody is a scumbag in this movie. This almost feels a bit more experimental, to where it's like you know. We don't have the greatest script. Uh, let's just come up with this, uh, an idea of a, this local artist is, he's slowly going insane because he's, he can't pay his bills and there's these, uh, this new wave punkish type band playing upstairs that's bothering him and girls are just random riffraff is just annoying him. And then he just starts to kill people with a drill. But even having said that, that seems coherent. And this, you get what's going on, but there, there's so much filler in this movie of just random, not much going on. Long scenes of the band playing, the not good band playing in the other room. Like, come on. Um, now I think there's three versions of this movie. There's a 90 minute version, a, an hour and 35 minute version, and an hour and 40 minute version. And I watched the hour and 40 minute version, which is because I figured. It's probably going to have some violence cut out. I want to watch the most complete version. Having said that, and there's some gory stuff in here, but having said that, this movie is padded so bad. There is a there's a pretty decent, grimy, hour and 15 minute movie in here, maybe. Uh, but it's so, oh, it's so long. I actually, I actually to, to, for my review for our show, I actually rewound the last 10, 15 minutes I was just, I couldn't pay attention. I'm like, I'm, I'm so bored right now. But I'm like, I have to at least, I watched it. I watched the whole thing. So I actually rewound it. So actually, I've spent almost two hours on this movie. Driller, killer, filler. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, there you go. Ba-dum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, it has its charms. There are certain parts where I'm like, ooh, this, this is my type of, you know, that, that sleazy, dirty 70s New York. And then it just goes on and on. Every character is weird and just, Oh, if they would have just had an editor and edited this thing down to Roger Corman length, then I'd have been like, not bad. Not bad. Uh, we'll see about that. <laughs> uh, there's admittedly, there's one, uh, really solid kill scene in this that I'm like, oof, that was, that was hardcore. Right? Some, some, uh, street bum guy gets drilled in the head and I'm like, that was, that was, Gross. Um, More so than the what is it? City of the Living Dead. I think has that drill scene. No, no, that 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 one, that one destroys this scene. But this was still. Um, I think I said it last episode where I'm like, I'm not sure if this is actually going to be a horror movie or not. And I was actually, even with the title like that, this is a little bit more in line to with a dirty crime, just ugly movie. There are the horror elements, but it's never scary at all. It's just. Well, I thought it was going to be like a slasher. Yeah, it, it kind of is, I guess, but it's done in a Abel Ferreira sort of way. So if that makes sense, yeah. like it's, um, anyway, uh, it's for me, it was definitely, I'm glad I watched it one time, but I'll, I'll never watch it again. Um, so no but, code red, blue, or no, crazy I think that limited this, edition this, from Germany. <laughs> well, I think this just got released actually from Arrow, um, because this one does have kind of a cult following, uh, especially with that director, but, um, yeah, uh, no, I'm good. Okay. Um, by the way, I think that uh, Abel Ferreira is actually the lead in the movie. So, yeah. Like, he's the guy. Ugh. 
Which would explain, yeah, he is actually, that would explain a lot. Um, yeah, so anyway, Abel Ferreira, there you have it, folks. Right. But I, I, I do say that he, he has made some really, really good movies. This one here was his first, um, it looks like his first feature length movie. Uh, he did a documentary short and then some other short movies, but that would explain like him just kind of getting, I, I guess getting, his footing on becoming a director because Miss 45, his very next movie was great. I really liked that movie. No, that movie's rough. I, I, def- I, I want to see it. I, have a, I haven't been able to track it down. I, I have it on Blu-ray and it's an actual region one. I think that's a draft house release, I believe. Oh, wow. Those are, yeah, those are lovely. Yeah. It's yeah. Beautiful. And that movie there is, that's not a pleasant watch, but then neither is, the train wreck oh, yeah. that is. Abel uh, Ferreira yeah. makes yeah. just happy, happy movies. <laughs> I did hear that on one of his uh, one of his uh, audio commentaries. I, I'm not sure if he was on drugs or drunk or something, but I guess it is like every bit as good as the movie itself. And I'm not sure which movie it was, but there was an audio commentary where it's like, "What is that dude smoking for real? Like seriously?" <laughs> so. Well, anyway, I, hope there you go. I hope it's Bad Lieutenant because there's no way it can be better than that movie. That movie is, um, oh, I love it. So it's much. it's great. That's one of my favorite movies. That's top top 100 right there. Okay, so. let's move over to the Terror Within. Uh, Roger Corman produced film. Oh God, I mean, I, I like most Corman produced things, but Judas, dude. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Alien. Except in the daytime, with way too much lighting and barely a Corman budget, even it was super duper low Corman budget. Instead of being aliens, they're called gargoyles, and mm. uh, no, mm. not mm, it's not. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a post-apocalyptic thing where people are in the desert, and then they go out, and then a gar- gargoyle comes along, and there's a really fakey fist that comes through the wall. The first 30 minutes were cut. We're, we're not an alien ripoff, but then from then on, like it was beyond shameless, beyond shameless. Like they, uh, where, where to even begin with this boring piece of shit? <sighs> okay. There's two guys that are maintenance guys that are kind of down in the bowels of the fort or whatever. Uh huh. The, the sole black guy of the movie and the other guy is a white guy, kind of fast talking, wears Hawaiian shirts. And, I gotcha. Uh, yeah. Any similarities here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly like Alien. And then they have to track the thing through vents with homemade trackers. It's such a ripoff. And like, there's a dinner scene where I, I, the, this gargoyle thing, it, it, it's not like Alien where it just gets a face hugger on you and then Alien pops out of your chest. This thing's out to rape women and then overnight a gargoyle thing pops out of them. That's the big Is, is it gory at all or no? Smidge here and there, but who gives a shit? It's so bad. Like, we often <laughs> have talked about those Alien ripoffs that came out after Alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of them. I'm sure I, you could list them better than me. Uh, but even the bad ones were like, yeah, it's still kind of fun because it's different. It's just, yeah. here's an alien monster, whatever. This is like trying to remake it or something or reimagine it. And it it becomes offensively bad. If that, Ooh. you know yeah. what I'm saying? I, I do. I, I think there was entire pages of dialogue that was just flat out copied. Wow. 
I could be wrong, but it sure as hell felt like it. And it's like, hurry up, you gotta get back through the vent before it comes. Now I close this vent. Hold on, let me open this vent so you can get through. It's like, you did all this shit in Alien. Like, exactly the same way. This movie sucks balls. Don't watch it. Even if you're a Corman fan. Eugene? Ooh, cause I you, am. You, I, uh... you watch it. You come back with, we're gonna, uh, let me tease something here for recently watched. I was asked to watch a movie to come down on one side because, um, you and somebody else, a listener of the show, were on opposite ends. Okay. On the film. And I was asked to be the judgment call on it. So I watched that movie and I will be reviewing it later in the show. Oh, I huh. put the challenge forth to you with the terror within. Good luck. Let me know if I'm wrong. Okay. Well, here's, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a sort of fan of creepazoids and, uh. Way better than this. Uh, <laughs> Battle Beyond now, the Stars, all those movies, they have that Corman charm. Yeah. And this did for a while, but then it did not. And then when you get to the third act where it's the big monster walking around, I'm just bright spotlights on it the whole time and you can tell it's a bad prosthetic and it doesn't even have slime on it so it's just a guy in a rubber suit yeah and it looks Ooh. just terrible and it's not scary and not that a Corman movie is supposed to be scary but it's, yeah. it's just bad 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 it's cool when you when you watch a really good Corman ripoff like for example Forbidden World is probably my favorite of all the Roger Corman movies and that is a ripoff of Alien it is but I've watched that. That's in my top 100. I've watched that movie so many times. It is a blast from start to finish. The special effects are great. It's gory. It Everything that you want in a Corman movie, uh, and it has its own charm, I guess. And it feels like like there was actually some talent behind that movie. And a lot of those older Corman movies, there is. Like you know, James Cameron and uh, James Horner. And there's you know different people that were involved, went on to bigger, better good things, and so it sounds like this one here, probably not so much, though, huh? Uh, well, this one had the talent behind it from director Theory Knotts, who does not even have a Wikipedia page. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, but, hey, you give it a shot. You're, you're watching all this garbage anyway, so... I know, not? yeah. You can do worse. This, this desperately needed... Mike Nelson and Crow yes, sitting up front yes. mocking it. In that respect, I might have enjoyed it. I would even say that there's a handful of Mystery Science Theaters that, without the Mystery Science Theater crew, are genuinely better movies than this. <laughs> but had Perfect. had they been up front mocking it the whole time, I might... Mm-hmm. I would enjoy that version, I think. But I was bored to tears, so no thanks. Okay. Well, let's see if this week will be any better. Oh, it will not. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So I decided to do something fun um, for you. <laughs> we have wildly different definitions of fun. <laughs> I I was just just perusing through the the old tube online, and I'm like, what can I do as a as a series of of roulettes that that'll be fun and unique? And I'm like, ah, Troma has a page. That's called Let's a that's called tra- a prank. That's yeah. <laughs> well, here's your prank. Starting off with a nymphoid barbarian in dinosaur hell uh, from 1990. It's an only an hour and 22 minutes uh, in a post Armageddon world. A young you can't woman finds even her- get through three words of the synopsis <laughs> without laughing. <laughs> uh, a young woman finds herself in a fight for survival against mutant cavemen, dinosaurs, and other prehistoric animals. So uh, 
Yeah, that's the first trauma movie. The second one uh, is uh, called uh, Butt Crack. And, and this is... <laughs> exclamation point. Exclamation point. This is from 1998. Uh, a gun-toting, Bible-thumping, preacher man... Uh, Bob must write the universal karma accidentally set wrong when Brian inadvertently kills his obnoxious butt cleavaged roommate Wade. Uh, an hour and eight minutes. So there's that. Okay. Next up, and I get by the way, I threw four in here just to really like if there's one that would you know three will be really, enough. Okay. Um, well, if that's the case, um, uh, then I'll cut out the one. I'll cut out the bug movie and just. Just go to the last one here uh, because the title just rules. Oh, um, it's 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 so uncomfortable. <laughs> I was hoping uh, you'd cut that one out, but <laughs> uh, it's uh, fatty. Fatty drives the bus uh, from 1999. Uh, oh no! It appears as if <laughs> it appears as if Satan isn't going to fill his soul quota this month. So of course he turns himself into a tour guide and takes a busload of unsuspecting tourists on a ride down the highway to hell. Uh, there you go. You are so pleased with yourself right now. Uh, hey, and that one's only an hour and 22 minutes as well. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know what the prank will be next episode, but I guarantee you this ball will be volleyed back over the net next week. I don't know what. I haven't thought of what. I thought, oh, this prick, I'm going to just throw him four, three anime movies. And then I was like, no, he wins. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> I will say that, that the one that I cut out was called Bugged. I think with an exclamation point as well. <laughs> okay, over here. Come and find me from 2016. When his photographer girlfriend vanishes, an L.A. graphic designer starts his own investigation and uncovers a web of deceit, crime, and corruption. And this has uh, the... Uh, oh, what's his name? Damn it. The kid from Breaking Bad is in it. Okay. And this... I wanted at least one legit movie on there for you and it's a, it's like hour 50 i think it's a little on the longer side but at least there was an option i always like to throw that back in your face when you come back and complain about your shitty movie i could be like eh, you could have taken the good one but you're gonna take yeah. something like cheerleader camp also known as bloody pom-poms it's a 1988 american slasher film the plot follows a series of murders that occur over a weekend at a cheerleader camp during a competition um and lastly Strike Commando is a 1987 Vietnam War action flick with the tagline, a one-man war machine. Do you need to know more? Nope. I'm good. There you have it. Um, okay. You get to now, before first. you make Okay, before you make your decision, I wanted to say that that Fatty Drives the Bus has one on IMDb, one critic review, and this was made in 1999, and it's from the site I Hate Movies. So... I'll just let you decide what, whichever movie you want to pick, but I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Come on, man. I'm bloody pom-poms. Heck yeah. That's all me. Cheerleader camp for Eugene. <laughs> of course. Uh, and for me, I when it comes to trauma, which is a trauma for me in any respect, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to go with the most promise from the title. And... They threw everything at the wall with Nymphoid board Barbarian and Dinosaur Hell, so I guess I'll take that one. And there better be some Nymphoid Barbarians and Dinosaurs and, and Hell. And I mean, what if, what if it turns out to be a cool movie? It's 0% chance, and it would be the first cool movie that Troma ever made, and I've never heard of it, so that's impossible. Well, the budget was uh, $40,000. Tens of dollars. Tens. <laughs> with lots of interns. Oh. 
Uh, I'm on IMDb here. It says one of the quotes from the movie is sometimes my juices start to flow and I feel like a nymphoid barbarian in dinosaur hell. And that's what you, amen. Just quit trying to talk me out of it. Okay. <laughs> my juices flow. Yeah. Oh. there's okay. the start of the show right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, we're going the whole the opposite route of our penis episode last episode. I, I, I thought of a dozen ways to bring it up, and I was like, I'm not. I'm just not going to bring it up. I'm just going to move on. Let's just all forget that Eric's thumb hurt that night, and the, he he drank a little much and talked a lot about peckers. And <laughs> let's all just move on. That's what yeah. we do in this show. <laughs> Instead, we've got juicy nymphoid barbarians. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, it's sexier than butt crack! Exclamation point. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Okay. More Lloyd Kaufman to sexy it up. Okay, next episode it will be Cheerleader Camp up against Nymphoid, Barbarian, and Dinosaur Hill. And with that, let's go on to Recently Watched. And I'll let you lead off. And I've only got three things to talk about tonight. So you feel free to kind of take a few of them and run with it if you've got more okay. than that. Okay. Um, I'm going to start off with uh, some new release stuff. Uh, with, uh, first one is Bad Santa Part 2. All right. Yeah, so I rented this one, um, in the hopes that it would at least be somewhat kind of in the ballpark of the first one, and the first one is, uh, classic to me. It's not, I mean, it's not classic yet, but to me, it's a yearly, uh, rewatch over the holidays, and I hoped that this one would be somewhere as good, and, uh, because the first one is so good, this one here is not. Having said that, it's not an awful movie. Um, it doesn't have the charm that the first one did. It's it's so mean-spirited and it's so gross and just nasty. And it's got some genuinely funny parts in it, but something about that first one, uh, the comedy timing of the first one, is it works better than this one. This one here is still easily watchable. I laughed. Um, but, and had it not been for the first one, if the first one would not exist, I would have been like, yeah, that was a pretty good raunchy comedy, but the first one does exist. And this one here is, it just feels kind of like a cash grab, but I'm, you know, I'm glad I watched it. I'll probably watch it again down the road sometime, but it's, it, well, it's hard to go sequel and step the game up more than what they did in the first one without being so over the top that you're... I know. Like, and it's this, ridiculous. God, yeah, this one was like, oh my lord. And it, it was a, there was a lot of, this worked in the first one, let's just do that again. Mm. And so it's a lot of the similar things. But it still, it had some really genuinely funny parts to it. Um, and Billy Bob Thornton, his character in these movies, I want to drink with that guy <laughs> one time. Just... <laughs> And and act like him. Act like the act like that guy from that movie. Um, it's like he's got a liver of stone. <laughs> Most any bar on any given weekend would just ha- ha- surely has its asshole. Just yeah, go. yeah, exactly. Because that's what he is. That's what he is. You, that's what's that's what's funny. We watch that and we're like, hey, we're assholes too. This would be fun. But in reality, if we sat down with him and started drinking, he'd asshole us out of town. Like yes. he wouldn't even sit and talk to us. So. Yeah. Oh, what a prick in this movie. Man. It, uh, and, and it was funny to see that Kathy Bates, uh, that she can take a role like this and run with it because she was his mom and she was a awful scumbag. Awful. Oh, I'm like, I can't believe you took this part. But, oh, she plays. She plays funny. 
She's oh, done yeah. that before, and, and in the trailer, even when she, you still punch like your dad, that was hilarious. Yes, yeah, yeah. And there, so if you like the trailer, it's it's like that. It's just again, I love the first one, and there is nothing remotely as funny as the boxing scene in the first one. There's nothing as funny as that in this movie. That that brings me to tears every time when they're trying to teach Thurman Merman to box, and they all get kicked in the balls or something. It was it was hilarious. <laughs> Um, there's nothing like that in this one, although Thurman Merman is back. Um, and I guess that, um, he, you know, it's, it's like him just, he looks exactly the same, just taller. And it's, he's now, instead of being this, you know, a kid that you feel sorry for now, it's like, is he like seriously mentally, are they making him like really mentally challenged in this movie? Cause he's. Well, it's one thing to be an unfortunate child because you yeah, can now grow he's a, out of yeah. it, but when you he's now grown up a little bit and he's like doubly unfortunate. Yeah, it's like time to back off, maybe. Yeah. So anyway, give it a watch sometime. I will. Anyway. Okay. Oh, another one or? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know what? Should we dive on the ET bomb now or later? <laughs> sure. Why not? I'd love to hear your thoughts, considering how I desecrated the holy classic here a few months ago um okay so i my wife and i've been talking about some older 80s movies that are not uh horror or or raunchy comedy i'm like what could we watch that we haven't watched in a long time or ever together and et came up because i literally have only watched the movie one time in the theaters and it devastated me and i'm like i'm good having said that i bought the blu-ray of course back when it I found that it was like the a limited edition uh, book, like one of those Blu-ray books. Yeah, you know what did, I'm, Digibook or something. I Digibook, think yeah. And so I picked it up, um, finally got around to watching it. And first off, I will say that the transfer is unbelievable. Unbelievable for a movie that, that old. And obviously it had a pretty big budget, but um, it looks really, really, really good. Having said that... This movie hasn't aged well, uh, especially for a Spielberg movie. And I, 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 Close Encounters of the Third Kind is one of my all-time favorite movies, uh, which came out a couple of years before this, and had I don't want to say similar themes, but good aliens. Uh, oh boy, this one just uh, it just syrup. The, uh, syrup is the best. A lot of syrupy, emotiony. Syrup. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. What kind of syrup? What do you, what do you? Oh, it it just, uh, I I, I love John Williams score in the movie, but it just, everything is just, just, just aping that, that that trying to make you cry, especially towards the end. I'm like, I'm not having any of this. Like back when I was a kid and I was crying in the theater and pissed off that I'm crying and you're destroying my childhood by this poor little boy and his poor little alien that used to be, Dead and like, uh-huh, yeah, like co- covered in nonsense, covered in, covered in white, and now back to being healthy. And they're pedaling bikes in the air and uh, taking off in a tomato-shaped spaceship uh, <laughs> with a ra- and they take off and there's a rainbow that it leaves a rainbow. I'm like, oh, oh, that's cute. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I to recap what I said a couple of months ago, and I I was almost shocked when I rewatched it because I was like. E.T., I haven't seen this in forever, all right, yay, and I hit play, and I was like, very quickly, this sucks. Like, this is not good. I mean, I know that most people are going to disagree with that opinion. Go back and watch it again. 
the my favorite thing about that movie is that it really nailed what it was like to be a uh, kid is down here again. You gotta be kidding me, dude. Oh. It oh now my chair squeaks good. Oh, that was a big one. It really nailed what it was like to be a kid in the eighties, where it's like sometimes you would come home from work and your parent or from school and your parents weren't home from work, and you could just get on your bikes and go right around the neighborhood with the kids and you'd be a mile and a half away and nobody thought anything of it. Yeah. And that is not the way of the world today at all. I mean, yeah. I'm dodgy letting my kids in the yard by themselves. Me, uh, me too. I'm right there with you. Right or wrong. It's just, I, that's what it nailed. And that is so nothing in this movie. Like, yeah, you know, I, and I will say this about the movie. Um, I'm not sure if you noticed this, but I picked it out about halfway through. I'm like, I, t- I looked over at my wife. I'm like, um, we didn't see any adult faces except uh, the mom. And the mom is played by, uh, what's her name? Uh, Dee Wallace. Yeah. And um, and I'll get to this here in just a second with the special features because we watched just a couple of the special features on the, on the Blu-ray. Uh, but not until uh, close to the end do we actually see a full-on shot of an adult face. Um. And then Spielberg actually explains why he did that, which is, I will say, admittedly very unique, different, and I, I appreciated that. I did like that. Um, but there's so much randomness going on in this movie. Like, tons of random... What? Oh, you like, are preaching to the choir, my friend. Like, they're psychically connected, I think, I guess. Um, and so E.T. gets drunk, therefore kid gets drunk in school. Like, all right, I, I guess. Um... And Reese's Pieces, I guess, are something. Um, oh, I'm, I'm just waiting to hear if you list all of the things that I've listed when I watched <laughs> it. And so far, you're totally on point. Um, and I, I guess that eventually Earth's atmosphere or whatever has an effect on E.T. because uh, he, tri- he tries to phone home and then the next morning he's laying on a river white. Like he's like this pale, pasty, like covered in Elmer, Elmer's glue, white. I'm like, what? Like... What what happened? I guess something with the Earth atmosphere, and that of course makes the kids sick. Well, that would be understandable if that did happen. Okay, that would be understandable. Now, how does he get better? Um. Oh shit! How do I? I don't love. I guess I don't know. I don't love. I, I yeah. I know. I, I have no idea. Oh, oh, okay. Now I have no more chemical problems with the atmosphere, and they, they touch fingers or something, or I whatever. But. Eh. It's not one that I'll be revisiting, maybe ever again, or maybe. <laughs> maybe we're being nitpicky, but you know what? Screw it. We have a lot of bad movies that we like that people just nitpick the absolute hell out of. So we're allowed to, I, I think, in this case. Here's another one for you. Really nitpicky, but again, I don't care. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, we got to get away from the cops who are chasing us with guns and cars and trying to run us down and whatnot on our BMX bikes. And E.T.'s like, and then all of a sudden all the bikes can fly. And it's like, why didn't you pull that out of your fucking glowing finger ass a a little earlier (laughs) that you could do, like, levitate all of us? Yeah. And then, and this, now I get super nitpicky. You have that classic shot against the moon background, and they're all peddling like mad. And I'm just like, why? Yeah. No, I actually picked up on that too. I'm like, why are you peddling? Because (laughs) you just... Just chill out on your bike because it's flying. Dude. You're, you're not going any faster. 
<laughs> he's like, oh. keep pedaling more yeah. Reese's Pieces. Kids leaning forward, like cramming more caffeine yeah. and chocolate and sugar yeah. into the alien's <laughs> mouth so that he doesn't fall asleep and they all drop out of the sky like rocks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but even E.T., it, that creature itself, like, I I thought that the aliens in Close Encounters were way more believable than this thing. And uh, we're jaded. And this movie is old. I get it. That's fine. But it, I'm like, I'm looking at a rubber, a rubber uh, raisin with a long neck. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, I, so, I don't disagree. Again, yeah. I, the, I, I know I've already said it, but. I want to re-emphasize it for people who did not grow up in the eighties. If you wanted to know what it was like to be a kid growing up in the eighties, go it. watch those sections. And I, it, it really made me long for that kind of world again, that we will never see again. Yeah. But Just taking off on your BMX bikes and it doesn't matter. No, was, there were times we got kicked out of the house. Be back by the time the sun is setting. Yeah. I'll see ya. And you just go. Yeah. I was out in the woods a mile away smashing up old cars in the back of a field that somebody had left to rot. I mean, I, we were <laughs> yeah. doing stuff that was so dumb and crazy. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So it was interesting rewatching, and it was cool to hear Spielberg talk about why he didn't show the adults' uh, faces up until we see, I believe it was Peter Coyote when he, and he's actually like the scientist guy that's trying to hunt down E.T., but he actually turns out to be kind of a good guy. And it, he explains kind of why he did that and did, that he showed the mother too because she was almost childlike as well because her husband had taken off and left them. So it was almost like it was from the point of view of all the children, including the mom who herself was out of her element. I got that. It was kind of cool. I I, I liked that, but it, it was very sappy. So I agree. And <laughs> anyway. it was the nonsensical parts that I, I could, just couldn't get by the second time. Maybe we yeah. were just so starved for entertainment in the 80s. We are like, it's an alien and they're friends, so it's yeah. cool. I do remember vividly sitting in that theater and it just, just going to that climax of them saying their goodbyes and I tears streaming down my, you know, my eight-year-old face like, oh, this is ruining me. I'm devastated right now. And, I don't know yeah. if I saw it in the theater. I think it was uh, home video for me. Yeah, and, and I never watched it after that. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> okay, well, so. uh, anything else for E.T.? Nope, that's it. Well, let's keep rolling with the Spielberg, as promised last episode, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. This nice. would be, uh, this was an exciting watch for me. I've obviously seen this film many times, but this is the, uh, I told Addison, it's, yeah, you're old enough. It's time. She's played the Indiana Jones Lego games with me, so she kind of has an idea of the stories of the of the three. The three. Amen, yeah. <laughs> and I said, you know what? It's 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 time, and I'm dying to watch this movie again. And I'm kicking you off with Temple of Doom, uh, because chronologically it comes first, and because it's the most horror, and because, as I recall, that was my first Indiana Jones. I could be totally wrong on that, but I was young, so... yeah. Uh, anyway, that was the one that I loved. That was my first Indiana Jones love was Temple of Doom. And she quite enjoyed it. Quite enjoyed it. We had some buffering issues along the way, which was annoying. But nonetheless, she still laughed at all the right times and uh, was grossed out at the right times. But in a good way, like she, uh, you know, I, I, I thought the bugs part might be a bit much for her. 
But it wasn't. She was fine. She said she was actually more grossed out by the monkey brain stuff. And then I said, what was, well, at, and then later uh, when it was all done, I said, what was your favorite part? And she said, the monkey brains. So I, oh, th- nice. I, I think I got her on the right track. And I, well, I was awesome. also concerned about the heart ripping, obviously. But Which still holds up, I think. That's a gory-ass scene right there. It does still hold up for us, but for her, it was like, she just kept asking questions like, what's happening? Why is that going on? And, you know, it's it looks a little plasticky, or it's a little shiny, the skin, when he plunges oh. in there. So it, we're used to that kind of practical effect. She's like, fake. Yeah. Fake. You know, she's used to CGI where it looks too perfect. She doesn't understand quite yet that too perfect is really fake. Faker. So Yeah, it is. Yeah. That was in-camera effects right there. Uh, anyway, she really enjoyed the film. She, again, she was asking questions the whole time, and I kept going, just, just watch the movie. You'll get it. Why is that kid sticking with the doll? And what? The... She thought that was the creepiest part of the movie, where the prince was stabbing Indy, the Indy doll. Which, it, she didn't, the whole she movie didn't, is... She, she didn't like that. Like, she was yeah. like, I don't, I, that creeped me out. And then once the prince got released from short round, she was back on, oh, I see, he was under the spell as well, and yada yada. So she, uh, overall, quite enjoyed the film, and I, of course, was just giddy as a pig and shit. I love that movie. It, <laughs> it, I don't know if it's still my favorite of the three. I, you know, they all three have such strong parts, and then they also... Each of them has kind of little deficits here and there where I'm like, well, that brings down a smidge. It is really hard for me to gun to my head, say that that one isn't the best because of the bridge scene. That bridge scene affected me it's so, so hardcore as a child and still does. And I want that short sword. I'm so mad. Like about a decade ago, I saw, I found a place that was selling uh, replicas of that short sword and I, yeah, uh, dork alarm. I've I used to collect swords. I have I, like thirty of them. <laughs> yep. But those actual movie replicas are fucking expensive, and yeah. so I didn't jump on it. I'm sure I could go find it online, but I don't have cash for that kind of stuff now with kids and yada yada. Uh, hey, honey, I'm gonna buy Indiana Jones short sword. Yeah, yeah I'm sure you are. Anyway, <laughs> it 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 never fails. Every time we get to that part. And I can quote this movie endlessly for all the... I can chant the chant and all of that bullshit. But you get to that part where Molram, I'll see you in hell. He raises that sword and chops the... Oh my god, that shit is so badass. I want want that to be... Because it is... There's no question that Temple of Doom is by far my favorite of the Indiana Jones. And I so want it to be your number one. Uh, And I know that, that Last Crusade has kind of been your number one go-to but it's the yeah. one i saw in theater i know and i yeah. was at and the right age i was like nine ten something like that what was that 89 no yeah so i would have been yep. i was 10 and i saw that in the theater and you had and i was 10 when i saw temple of doom <laughs> what are you gonna do that that's i i just have the strongest connection with that thing but yeah. man temple of oh, hang on lady we going for a ride yeah <laughs> I, and I love the fact that it is truly, to me, that is a horror action adventure movie. Like, there is so much horror stuff going on in there. And the fact that my parents unwittingly took me to see that when I was 10. Because oh. uh, that still is a strong PG-13 rated movie with just everything going on in it. It's like, it's pushing it. Yeah. Uh, so, 
And I, I, I could be movie. totally wrong, but this might have been the first time I noticed Dan Aykroyd. I, I, I heard the voice oh, really? and I was like, oh, but it very well could be one of those things where I only watch the movie once every 10 years and, oh, yeah, it's Dan Aykroyd. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I just forgot yeah. about that. But it was funny because we had played through the Lego games. So the opening scene is in the Obi-Wan club with all the yep. and the balloons falling and Addie's like, yeah, I remember this. <laughs> yeah, from the video game. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so. Oh, I had nightmares about this movie when, <laughs> after I watched it, the Molarom, and I, I had, like, I, it scared me so bad, but I'm like, that was so good. That was so good. I can't believe my parents took me to see that. I, that, that was my favorite movie at the time. I'm like, this is where it's at. Like, there's Empire Strikes Back was my first movie, but then my first true, like, theatrical horror movie experience was Temple of Doom. That was my first horror movie in the theaters. It's, why, why didn't they, why did they, just not keep making these movies every five years. You know, know. why was there that big gap and why did they step away from the horror? Because the first two had the horror and third one, it had a bit at the end, but it was like, it didn't have that harsher, darker aspect. I mean, I know. uh, And why was this one a prequel? I have so many questions about this series. Yeah. It's, it, it is so bizarre why all of a sudden this was like, well, let's set this one what, six or seven years before? No, I think it was only one one or two, maybe. I don't know. It also has the great adventure set pieces of jumping out of the airplane, which is ridiculous. Yeah. But in from a kid's perspective, that could work. That'd yeah. be all right. Well, that yeah. wasn't so bad. Oh, over the yeah. next hill down is there. Oh, I, I just, I loved it. Isn't I it amazing how that it's great. that that worked? Yet almost nothing in uh, Crystal Skull works, and and there's a lot of things that that well that that could never happen. But for some reason in Temple of Doom and all of the Indiana Jones movie, the first three, you're like that, that's okay, that that can't happen. But I'm with it. Yet you get to Crystal Skull. I would argue that maybe Last Crusade had the most amount of things that actually could happen outside of the supernatural aspects of the end. Okay, I mean, like with the, he's with fighting Nazis tanks. and going off a cliff and rolling off just in time and, you know, shit like that. It's it's mostly on the level, isn't it? I mean, he, he finds a... goes underground in Venice and finds yeah. some... You know, it's... it's, it's, it's maybe? No. <laughs> oh, then there's the blimp, though, and the, there's the oh, air... There's so great. The, no ticket. Oh, it's a great... I, <laughs> I've got to rewatch those first three again. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, and too. Crystal Skull or no, I'm good. No. You know, uh, I'm not going to lie. I will probably be rewatching Crystal Skull several times before I watch ET again. At at least it's not boring. Yeah, it's not. It's it's something all right. It's go- gophers flipping you the bird and <laughs> giant ants crawling up people's noses and yeah. <laughs> it it might be a hot pile of garbage, but yeah, at least it's not boring. It's, yeah, at least E.T. doesn't lie in a puddle of whatever. At least it's co- it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> E.T.? I don't know. Indy just uh, doesn't just suddenly curl up and and turn white and dive. And there are a lot of questions mm. about why he has a kid named Mutt Williams. But and Shia LaBeouf riding a bicycle, oh. pedaling fast through the air. How many years do you think it's going to take before we finally look back and go, do you remember when Shia LaBeouf was a thing? Yeah, hey, <laughs> swinging with monkeys and oh, so bad. Okay, uh, <laughs> next, let's move on. <laughs> okay, back to me. Um, yep. 
Let's just stick with the 80s, shall we? And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. I uh, finally watched my uh, director's cut remastered Blu-ray. I've had the original set as... You have the original set, correct, on Blu-ray? Well, now you're making me question. Is there a director's cut I don't have or haven't seen? Yes, there is a new director's cut of Wrath of Khan. How long? How much longer? Uh, It's about... It's uh, maybe five minutes longer. Uh, it's not much, but uh, it's the director's cut of Wrath of Khan, which my wife and I could pick out. We've watched this movie so many times that immediately we're like, oh, that's new, that's new, that's new. Or that not new, but they, they've added that in. Or they've Was whatever. it important stuff? Was he like swinging with monkeys CGI? Or? Oh, yeah, they're gophers. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's It's not really important stuff. But what is important to me, at least, is the new Blu-ray looks significantly better than the original Blu-ray that was released. It's been remastered in 4K. How is that qual- even possible? I mean, my Blu-ray looks amazing. Yeah, I know. The quality is fantastic. I'm like, wow, this thing looks... This thing looks close to E.T. quality, and E.T. looked great. Uh, but this one here, you could just tell. It was it was significantly, I guess, I, remastered or whatever. It looks great. But, um, you know, I go back and forth... As far as my favorites of the original uh, six movies, the motion picture is still my favorite. But as far as all-out action Star Trek movie from the original movies, this one here is really, really hard to beat. Um, Not just as a Star Trek movie, but as a a great piece of cinema history. Everything about it works. Like the acting, like William Shatner's acting in this, I thought was great. He was great in this movie. Every time I watch it, Every time, spoiler alert, Spock dies. Every time, whenever uh, Shatner delivers the, 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 he was hit, of all the souls I've encountered, his was the most human. I, I tear up like a baby every single time. Well, and you know what's and, funny about that is, is there's a trigger moment in that speech. And it's that, that hiccup where he pauses. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, he's getting emotional right, right now. The, the most human. And you know it's coming. And mm-hmm. you've seen it a dozen times, and yet you're like, okay, it's I'm fine. I'm it's not gonna get me. And then he hiccups, and you're like, Bruh! oh, I know, it's so good. Khan is a great bad guy. It, it's a, much more of an action movie uh, that, versus the first one, but it just works on every level. I think the movie is so so good, uh, and and the special effects, especially when they go into the nebula in the end. I love those bright, vibrant colors with the ships. And it's kind of like an under, like it's almost an underwater submarine battle. Red October. At that point. Yeah. Like, like there's, you know, these submarines that are slowly going past each other. I loved it. I loved it. So this is my second favorite of the original, the original crew movies. No argument there. I, I still yeah. think the first one's tops. I'm sure that you do too. Yeah. Yes, I do. And I, what I really love about this one is that it's a follow-up sequel to one of the episodes of the original show. Yes. And I wish they would do that shit more often. Bring back yeah. villains from that stuff. You don't have to come up with some new villain. No no offense to Beyond, which is a fine film. It, yeah. But I don't... That ugh, Maybe I'm speaking out of turn here. That, that wasn't a, a villain from the show. No, huh? Okay, it was completely made up. Yeah. Do more of that where they bring now I don't need more of the little fluffy whatever the hells but yeah uh, <laughs> the trip tribbles or whatever. Tribbles. I don't need more of that bullshit. Yeah. And I don't need Ohura playing a harp and singing. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, no. We're skip good. all that garbage. But there were some good villains in there that you could easily develop into a feature-length film. Uh, I agree. That would, like, sequelize an episode. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. But it... I I love, love Star Trek 2. And not just as a Star Trek movie, but as a piece of, of uh, American cinema. It is classic science fiction. And this is from 1982. So this is the same year as E.T. And this just wipes the floor with E.T. <laughs> wipes the floor. So, okay. anyway. Next. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Let's, let's stick with science fiction, shall we? Let's talk about critters. Oh, I, well, sci-fi horror. You're still, let's stick with science fiction. <laughs> yeah, you're still in your early 80s uh, sci-fi horror garbage. Yes, kind of. Um, so, I'm watching the Critters series. Uh, all four of them. I've watched the first three. Stay tuned, folks, for uh, my review of part four on our next episode. But I will—I have watched Critters 1, 2, and 3. Do you want to just get and them all done right now? I can get them quickly done here. Um, I have never watched these movies, by the way. I've never seen what? a Critters movie until now. Yeah, it's I've Caprio? never watched it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he was in part three. I've never seen him. I've watched at least the first two. I don't think I've... I don't know if I've seen the third one. Well, DiCaprio was in part three. Okay, then I've seen... The, yeah, I've seen at least the first three. Oh, nice. Okay, so the first one... Uh, was a New Line uh, movie, New Line Cinema, and this one actually has, uh, I kind of think this is funny, this has Dee Wallace in it, uh, again, as a mom. And M. Emmett Welsh, or Walsh, I'm sorry, and uh, there's actually some bigger names, Billy Zane is in this. Bigger names. Bigger, yeah, yeah, bigger B yeah. names. Big, bigger B names. But the movie did okay. On a $2 million budget, it, made, it grossed $13 million, which lended itself to a sequel but the first one actually it was pretty fun it's a complete gremlins ripoff mm. um uh, m more on that here in a second uh so little creatures come down from outer space and there's these hunters that come down and battle them and there's a small town and it's a farmhouse and they're you know whatever uh now the, the first one was good critters 2 however is great um, and that was actually directed by Mick Garris, of all people. I did not know that Mick Garris directed a Critters movie. And this is PG-13, and I just watched this the other night, and I'm like, how? How did this movie get a PG-13 rating? There was, like, like lots of nudity in it. What year was it? 88. Yeah, that's why. Okay, because... because they were still trying to figure out what the hell the PG-13 rating was. Wow, I'm like, I can't believe there's this much nudity and gore. Like it was, I'm like, this is pretty gory. And it was written by David Toy, uh, from from the Riddick yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, the second one is awesome. Uh, it, it's everything that I would expect a the lowbrow, silly hour and twenty minute creature feature to be. I thought it was just a blast. And then we get to part three. Um, the one with Leonardo DiCaprio, and this is made three years later, and all of a sudden the budget went from a couple million dollars down to nothing. N nothing. Well, the last ones didn't make over their, they didn't make their budget back, right? So. Uh, no, no, the second one did not do good. The third one was direct-to-video with DiCaprio in it, and in a pretty prominent role, it's so awful. Oh, it's so, and now, what you were saying earlier about that, uh, Evil with whatever the what was your roulette? 
the the whatever within the terror within. Yes, that is that is to Alien what this is to Gremlins. Like this is a flat out ripoff of Gremlins. Probably, well, yeah, maybe Gremlins two? Part two, maybe. What, what year? Yeah. What year was this? This was ninety one. I think Gremlins was ninety. Um, but it's uh, these critters that are now basically just hand puppets uh, in this building. And um, the humor is awful. The effects are even worse. Um, they have one of the critters now has like a white streak through their hair or whatever. Like, isn't doesn't one of the Gremlins have something like that yeah. going on? Yeah. Uh, Grem- okay. And Gremlins 2 is 1990. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, there's a food scene where all the critters didn't are that eating movie a bomb of food. as well. Why would you want to mimic that? I know, and that was a that was Joe Dante. I'm not sure where that what that no, had to do with it. No, it was, yeah, because he actually it does have something to do with something because didn't he direct the first one? Yes. Well, they offered him scads of money to come back and do the second one, and he fought against them time and time again, and then finally they offered him enough money, and he said, "Fine, if I get to make it my way." And then he made it a spoof of the first movie, and that. Gremlins 2 is kind of un- misunderstood. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. Because it spoofs everything in the first. It's it's a funny-ass movie. Uh, anyway, derail. Yeah. But no, no, no. Uh, that, that movie, I don't recall. I, I saw that in the theater. <laughs> I distinctly remember that. I, I don't recall it doing well, though. So it I didn't. don't know did why you do want to mimic that. I know. Uh, it goes on, and it's 80 minutes of it goes on and on and on. And after the what was so everything that made part two so much fun, uh, they like why did you take that uh, take that all out? And if you're making a made for video movie, go R rated because Critters two to me that was R rated. Do more of that, but instead, very little effects. There's uh, some. Um, hey, I can't wait to watch part four. <laughs> Is it the asylum thing where they're just uh, for the VHS days where they're trying to um, capitalize on a uh, a VHS cover on a video rental store shelf? It could be, yeah. It it could be the Chiota brothers did the effects for uh, the creature effects for so far the first three, including this one. And I'm like, why, guys? Come on, man! You guys did Killer Clowns, and you're doing Critters Part Three. <laughs> Killer Clowns. That's the big. Yeah. That's the big high water mark on your resume. Yes, for for the Chiodo Brothers. Yeah. But um, well, it's been yeah. so many years since I've seen the Critters uh, series, but I do. I just going off memory. I, I feel like the first one was the only one that had any kind of minor horror, real horror element to it. Yes, and I kinda, it did. I, that's yep. why I thought that one was the best. But I, I and I kind of think Part Two had some really gory thing that happened on their porch like with a shotgun something they blasted oh, through a door or something probably God. part two part two is a lot more action and comedy yeah. oriented but it but it worked but yeah part one was more horror part two action part three shit yeah oh that's kind of how i remember it oh, so they're, yeah. they're mimicking alien yeah <laughs> and and then of course um part four is i guess set on a spaceship and they are speaking of alien they were going to be from what i hear uh, part four has like they basically take the alien series and they do that. So it's now it's now it's uh, like alien resurrection. Not, They're doing part four of that. Uh, no, I don't think that. It's just let's set it on a spaceship now and and well, that's alien resurrection. It. Yeah. Well, this was ninety two. I think that alien resurrection came oh, out. Oh, that was ninety seven. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Anyway, there's the Critter movies. I'll, I'm sure I'll chime in briefly about how awful Part 4 was next week. Hey, make me want to rewatch the entire series, and I might just do that. Oh, yeah, Parts 1 and 2, man, those were those were fun. Especially for the runtime. I'm like, you got the runtime perfect. 80 minutes, if you take off the end credits, it's about 80 minutes. I was never bored. And then Part 3, I was bored shitless. So. Uh, watching Leo flap around his super 90s haircut. Oh, yeah. It's a mushroom cut, whatever. Yeah. And, oh. Yep. Oh, it's bad. And, okay. Uh, was that his first movie that he actually ever starred in? I don't think so. I think he did a made-for-TV, like, after-school special thing. But I... Ah, what am I? A Leo Historian? I could be way yeah. wrong. It's probably his first major film. That would be my guess. Yeah. You can look it up while I review Marvel's Iron Fist Season 1. The reason why I haven't watched so many movies this week. Because I binged no. watch that bitch, and I'm done with it. I watched it all. Wow, all nice. Okay. 13 episodes. And uh, this is of the Marvel Netflix team up. This is one that I was really, really looking forward to just because it's more centered in martial arts. And I'm I'm not going to lie and say that I'm some huge Iron Fist super fan uh, on the comic book side, even being the comic guy on this show. I, I would I, three out of ten. That's how much I know about him from the backstory, just from conversation and cartoons and and whatnot material so i am not like danny rand super fan yeah but i loved everything that i've heard and seen so far so now we come to marvel's iron fist the final of the four piece of the defenders that is coming soon and it was uh, the first six episodes were released to critics and it was met with just about universal thumbs down and it's yeah. garbage and very bad and it's the worst thing ever, and it's terrible, and it's horrible, and blah, blah, blah. And I listened to a couple of spoiler podcasts that reviewed every detail of what was wrong with those first six episodes. And I can't really disagree too much with some of the stuff they said. I feel like they were being a little overly harsh on this one. But that's just, I, I'm maybe I'm being too friendly to it. I admit that those problems exist. I'm not arguing against that. But after episode six, they answer a lot of the questions that were brought up as complaints. Like people are like, why does he do this? And why does this happen? And why does that? And why is he can only use the iron fist so much? They'd never say anything about that. Yeah. Because that's in episode seven. You didn't watch the whole series. It's a little unfair to review a series like this for just the first half. Yeah. Like, you gotta get the whole scope of the thing. It's like watching the first third of a movie and going, well, I don't understand things that are happening. Fuck this movie. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, the filmmaking techniques at play here, those are totally on the table to be judged. Uh, there's a little bit too much talky-talky. There's a little bit too much courtroom-type drama and office room drama, but I wasn't bored. It was fine. I, I went along with it. It's I've seen, I've endured much worse television. Let's put it that way. That's why it was a little easier for me to just kind of sit back and be like, all right, you know, I, I can deal with this. Let's see what's going to happen next. Uh, so Dare, Daredevil, this was not. No, it's not Daredevil. It, it's 
it would probably be the least of all of them, but it's still better than a lot of mainstream television, in my opinion. The, the, the showrunner does not have a good track record, and this follows suit from what I've been told. It's fast cuts on all of the fights, and it shouldn't be that in a martial arts thing. Marvel, you gotta go 100% every time. You can't coast, especially with some shit like this. And yeah. this one feels like they're coasting, like, oh, it's alright, we're Marvel, it'll be okay. Eh, it was acceptable. Like, the, the fight scenes, I've seen way worse, so I was just kind of like, alright, I've seen way worse. It's not, I'm not blown away, I'm not impressed. But you obviously taught an actor some martial arts and then cut around his deficiencies rather than have a martial artist do his thing or yeah. train him well enough because it's a dance at the end of the day. You're, you only need to know yeah. this one fight scene. That's just dance. It's not like they're springing ninjas on you on set and you have to really know martial arts. You show up and you do your dance and that's that. But I, and, and the guy that plays Danny Rand came out here a week ago and said, yeah, it was a grueling schedule. I was working 15 to 20 hour days and, I had three weeks of martial arts training beforehand, which is not unusual. But then he said, we didn't have a lot of time to actually practice the specific fights. And so usually we would just go over them 15 minutes beforehand before we would go and do them. That's not good. That's, that's way unusual, especially for action martial arts stuff. And I'm huge into martial arts uh, films. So I know how that shit works a little bit. That's way unusual. So that would explain a hell of a lot of why those fight scenes look the way they do. And they're honestly, they're not as bad as the reviews say. Actually, considering that they only had 15 minutes of prep time before a lot of them, I got to give him a lot of credit that he sold a lot of them. That's not the biggest problem with the show. The biggest problem is some of the writing. They wrote Danny Rand as a petulant rich kid. And it, man, whoever did it, 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 it get, look, okay, it gets better as it goes. The first episode had me screaming at my TV because you have this kid, billionaire kid coming back to uh, New York after being missing for 15 years. And on the one, literally from sentence to sentence is I'm preaching inner peace and Buddhist principles and the calmness within to the next sentence. He's a petulant child raging out at nothing. And you're like, what the hell is going on? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And as the show goes on, they address those issues, but they still don't flow. It still doesn't work because he's still (sighs) just, you must find the inner calm and the peace within. And I can't believe that people are dying. (laughs) And you're like, what the fuck? Like, uh, to the point where, um, what's her name? Who's in all of these Marvel Netflix shows, The Night Nurse. Uh, Oh, uh, she's in this? Yeah, oh yeah, she's in all four of the shows. Oh. Claire. Um, Rosario Dawson? Yes, yes, but her character's name is Claire or something. At one point, she steps in and goes, dude, what is going on with you? Because we were just having a conversation, just a civil conversation, and you're blowing up. You went nuclear. You're blowing up right now. You have emotional issues. Literally says that to him. So at least they're addressing that stuff, and maybe his training was 
uh, not good with dealing with emotional issues. At least they are addressing that this is a thing. But it yeah. still is, why are we doing this thing? Do you think that it, maybe in season two they might address that more? Or? Possibly. I mean, this show ended kind of on a cliffhanger in a similar way that Luke Cage did. But this cliffhanger is pretty big. I, and I, I don't really want to get into it because then I have to break down the whole plot of all of this shit. But I, let's just say that Iron Fist Season 1, it's not as bad as all the reviews and critics have led you to believe. And that's from the DC guy. Yeah. It's still entertaining. Still give it a watch. Can't wait for Defenders. Still like Iron Fist. I think he did an okay job with Danny Rand and the material that he was given. But the, the writing on that character it was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah. It's just very bipolar. That's the best oh, way. Oh, now I'm trying to decide: do I watch it or not? I mean, I the only uh, Marvel TV show I've watched thus far is Daredevil, which I am obsessed with. I love the Daredevil show. Can't wait for season three, but I have not watched Jessica Jones uh, or any of them. I uh, still so, think I, you look Luke Cage. You have to go to Luke Cage. That's still my tops. I, that beats out Daredevil for me, just because of how much we love seventies, eighties. Uh, yeah. black exploitation type stuff. You that one I'm selling to you. The other two, yeah, that those mm. I could see not being you. Yeah, but mm. Luke Cage, you. <laughs> okay. At least I think so. That's still my yeah. favorite. That beats out Daredevil to me. Wow, and I think Daredevil's great. I love Daredevil. Yeah, I I do too. But I like that even better. Okay. Okay, back to 11.15, and I still have the, I have one review left, and it is to settle a divide between you and the listener, so. Oh, yeah, I'm so curious what movie that is. Um, Okay, um, I really want to talk about this one just briefly, because I saw it in the theater, and um, I I know I wrote, I did an in-depth review of it on our Facebook page, but I really want to talk about it a little bit. I'm going to, you know what? It's it's our show. I'm going to talk about it. Do what you want. Uh, get out. So all right. Uh, See you later. Bye bye. <laughs> uh, get out. Uh, this is the Jordan Peele movie that uh, has been just uh, raking it in at the box office on a 4.5 million dollar budget. I've been thinking about this movie ever since I saw it. Uh, it is worthy of the the box office. It, I can totally see why this movie is doing as good as it is, is it's a unique, um, I don't want to say unique yet familiar. It's unique, but without going too crazy, I guess. Um, I loved everything about this movie. Uh, the performances, especially for that type of budget, like this could have easily been a, with that type of budget, honestly, this could have been a Netflix original. Like, it just popped up on Netflix. But uh, Blumhouse, I guess, had the wherewithal to release this movie in the dumping ground that is February, and it paid off largely. Uh, Jordan Peele is part of uh, Key and Peele, which they're the comedy duo. Um, and now we can add directing to their uh, his portfolio, at least, because this was... Really good. I can't wait for you to watch this movie and just to see what you think of this movie. Um, hopefully you go in as blind as I did w- without knowing 
the plot details because knowing the plot details will certainly. I'm hoping to because I don't know what in the hell is the is up with this that it's making so much bank and that people are freaking out about it. I from the trailer even I couldn't even tell what the yeah. shit is going on. But I think yeah. that we should make an agreement. Okay, Dollar Theater. I will watch this movie. Dollar Theater. You will watch Logan, and then we will have one big fat spoiler podcast, and we can just talk about these things because. I wrote that review up today and I feel like I did a great job of dancing around all of the spoiler things I can't talk about that that trailer didn't ruin. I'm looking at you, Justice League trailer that comes out on Saturday. Don't ruin this whole movie, you (laughs) prick. Uh, And same with Get Out. It does not ruin the movie because I have no idea what is the big deal. And I'm very anxious to find out, but everybody is doing a good job of not spoiling it for me. So, uh, because the movie is doing so good, uh, and and the the timing worked out really well for me to see it in the theater, but I'm like, you know what? It's a horror movie. It's one of those little horror movies and it's doing really, really good. And I missed, uh, Shyamalan split. Uh, I really wanted to see that in the theater and I missed it. It hasn't hit the dollar theater yet, but I'm like, you know what? The timing works out great. Go see this sold out crowd. I loved this movie. I, I, just a unique, cool, whatever. I, I, it's, I want to talk more about it, but I can't. I can't say much about it. I, I did like the fact that, um, one of the actors in it, uh, Bradley Whitford, uh, do you know who that is? Cause I think he is fantastic. I love whenever he's in a movie. He was in Cabin in the Woods. He was the, uh, the one guy in the bunker, the sarcastic guy. Uh, hold on, I'm looking. Whitford? Uh, yeah, Bradley Whitford. He has this snide, assholey way about him. Oh, yes, 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 he's awesome. And he, and he, and he's exactly, like, I'm like, even though he looks a bit different in this movie, he's, uh, you know, graying and an older guy, I'm like, that's so him. That's like, you are playing to your strengths. That just feels like how you would probably be in real life. Like just nice at first, but then ah, you're kind of an asshole, aren't you? And I don't trust you. So <laughs> no, that's um, going to play into a, like a, one of the new games that I'm bringing to the uh, rabbit trail. When we ever get back to that, once we get out of winter and we have to start working more and can't watch as yeah. many movies and we have to bring in that third segment to like carry us over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one of the things that is going to be like, that's a good example. What movie do you most associate Bradley Whitford with? Oh, wait, Ooh. who is that? And then you go Google image search and you go, oh, that guy. He's from blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yes. So, so anyway, I'm, I'm looking at his filmography right now, trying to figure out what my answer to that would be. I would think that uh, get our uh, cabin in the woods, although he was in an older Adam Sandler movie that I thought was. Yeah. Uh, Billy Madison. Yes. And that might be yeah. my answer to that question. Like he was the one that that he when he was sitting outside or whatever, and some he falls over, and some kid says, "I just saw his balls" or something like that. It was funny. Of course, that's what I go to. Yeah, of course, of course it is. You can't have one episode without ex- balls and penis, juicy, yeah, juicy male genitalia. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you want to do one more? Um, or are you done? No, I'm good. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm the rest of it is some older TV movies, but I'm like, yeah, I don't want to talk about those. <laughs> okay. Um, we will wrap up the show with uh, one final review from me, and that is to be the deciding voice of the three between you and Stephen of 
da, 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 train to Busan. Oh, this popped up okay. on Netflix, and so you know, I was out to fulfill my duty to settle the score between the two of you. One said a great emotional ending, the other said, "Nope, you were just trying to pull tears." And so now it falls to me to decide which way uh, I, I, I swing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, in true uh, South Korean uh, fashion of filmmaking, we go on entirely too long. You could have cut uh, 15 minutes out of this movie, for sure. Mm-hmm. I how, how do I put this? Because we've discussed this movie, you guys discussed this movie before. It's out there. You, you yeah. thought the ending was totally cheap and uh, trying to be emotional and it just didn't work and thought it worked a lot of people thought it worked there's a lot of people i've talked to online friends of mine they like this movie some of them put it best of the year as for myself i will say yep i think i'm gonna side a little more with eugene on this one um not entirely but i think i'm definitely leaning your way there was a lot in this film to give a thumbs up to a lot as especially the waves of you know, recalling them zombies they're zombies yes i guess uh, yeah i think yeah pretty much though somehow when you get bitten with this poison you spring to life and are super powered i really loved when they were literal waves tripping over each other and they became a living yeah. wave that stuff was outstanding this movie had a lot going for it that was super powerful. It also had extremely huge cliche bullshit that made made me hate it. Uh, namely, maybe a little spoilery here, but I'm not saying who, so take it with a grain of salt if you haven't seen the movie. The guy who is constantly tripping people and throwing people into other into the zombies so he can get away. Yeah. The asshole. Okay. The asshole. Of the movie. I, I understand his reason to exist because when he was blocking out the uh, people from the back car from getting to the front car, that was a fine little piece of commentary on our current world political situation of uh, being terrified of refugees. That's the way that I took that. Yeah, we can't let them in. One of them might be sick. One of them might be a terrorist. Yeah, yep. I, I'm right there with you. I, I felt like that was painted very, fairly broadly, and I appreciated that part of the movie. But when it got to now, he's tripped his uh, after that whole debacle took place. Now he's tripped his third person into a zombies. Give me a break! I can't hate this guy anymore. And then. Yeah. It had no weight when it got to the end, uh, because I was just like, I just want this guy to die horribly. Yeah. And they didn't yeah. deliver on that. Then they made him ruin more people. And why? Continually ruin people. Oh, man, why? Why, 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 why? Very frustrating. That that ending was very frustrating. And I, I expected that that was kind of going to be the ending, but the way that it was that ending, like if it had just been a random zombie, I would have been okay with it. And that would have had more emotional impact than this fucking asshole. Uh-huh. Now, did you, I actually was hoping when he snapped the chain on himself that he would swing down, drop that guy off and put his hand under the rail car 
to get his hand cut off and then he'd be okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. didn't do that. Nope. Just, uh, why, 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 why do you have to have this thing, this emotional, uh, cliche of this one guy who is going to be the supreme asshole that will just convince everybody around him to be horrible too. Uh, yeah. Why does that happen in so many horror movies? And live the whole way through. Oh, just to the end. No. Yeah. That you was have... the undoing of the film for me. I was, yeah. This film is totally worth a watch. I, I would give it like a 5.5 out of 10, which on my scale is it is worth a watch because it has some good shit in it. But yeah. overall, I'm good on Train to Busan. Yeah. yeah. That was one and done for me. I, I'm good. I, I Especially like what you said, coupled with the movie being too long and then the girl in the end, for some reason, I'm like, this is real, and it's maybe it's an Asian thing, but it was just really annoying the hell out of me. Her screaming, and I'm like, I don't feel at all emotional like I'm supposed to right now. With it's because we didn't spend enough time with that dynamic between the daughter and the father. I mean, there was a lot of time spent with them throughout the movie, but at the same yeah. time, there was no emotional growth between the two of them throughout the movie. She was just a thing he was dragging along. Until yes. the very end. And he was a shitty father. He was a shitty yeah. human. And that's great that he had an arc and, and decided to not be that way because somebody else was a good person and yeah. helped him along the way. The big burly dude. Yeah. That's great. But it was more about him than it was the kid. And then all of a sudden the kid at the end decides to have some emotion and it was just like, I don't even give a shit at this point. Because... Yeah. And I totally understand how uh, Stephen and... Everybody else that I talk to on the my one website I'm still on would feel that way, but they don't watch the same amount of horror movies that you and I do, I think, for the most part. I, I could be totally wrong on that, but where we see that trope of that one prick that has to ruin it for everybody, and, and that is why it was undone for me, because why this one guy... Yeah. Nope, you're preaching to the choir here. I'm repeating I, myself now. I, I'm trying to not do that, but <laughs> I hate that we have that trope of that one freaking asshole that's got to ruin it for everybody, and why doesn't everybody gang up and throw him out of the car? I, I like, literally when the grandma, or not the grandma, the, the old lady went to the door and was, and, and was like, screw it, I'm just gonna suicide everybody in this car, I was like, do it. Do it. I want it to happen. Kill them all. I hate them all. Yeah. And I shouldn't yeah. have felt that way. I should have felt sympathetic, but I was not. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Now, do you think that um, you're going to ever give the whaling of viewing? Because it seems like the whaling and Train to Busan were two of the big um, movies from South Korea this past year. Yeah, I will. Oh, yeah. It's definitely in the queue. Yeah, I did think that the whaling probably worked a little bit better than this one did, but both had their their flaws. And I, you, they're obviously made in another country, different way of making movies. But um, they're in different. Yeah, wait, they're in different countries. No, they're well, they're not made in America, and so there's oh. a different style and a little bit more. Right, I got you. I don't know. They just, yeah, well, I'm, it, it goes on the queue where I bump all that horror shit together, and then comes October, and I watch. 31 movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's kind of where I'm at right now. 
Wow. And for me, it's it's Halloween every day in this house. Every day. Well, if they were good, or if at least one in ten were good, I'd yeah. be watching them. But it's for me, it's sci-fi and anime and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And right now, Netflix is a haven for anime. Oh, it's great. Uh, yep, and that's that's about it for them. I, oh, I, <laughs> oh, no, they've got good other stuff. They just don't have good horror stuff. I know. I I, even science fiction, if they would have some good science, like science fiction even, but I, every time I look at their new releases, releases, I'm like, nothing. There's nothing here that I want to sink an hour and 30 minutes into, but YouTube garbage, sure. Well, they'll come back around because it is March. It's, yeah. it's the opposite yeah. end of the horror spectrum. We've got to wait till we get to September. Yeah. Hell, not even September, because horror movies have started bleeding over into... Uh, the summer tentpole stuff every like yes. it seems like once a month they're like okay here here's your horror movie for April here's your one yep. for May and here's June sinister or and yeah. a couple yeah. in July now three in in August five in September and a dozen in October <laughs> yeah I'll watch them all yes you will okay uh, anything else yeah. to add for this episode I think we should I don't think so yep I think we're good um I was gonna say something. oh yeah um, coming soon we always have to do coming soon. I, oh, I yes, always forget that shit. That's uh, for me. I've got a couple from the library: the Nice Guys and oh, good movie, Midnight Special. Do you remember that trailer? It's a sci-fi Midnight film Special. with Michael Shannon trying to save his, nice. I don't know, alien son with glowy eyes. I think it. Oh, is that the guy from? Is, did the director of um, Mud make that? Yeah. Yep. Oh, nice. Adam Driver's in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you're nice. right. I want to see that. Yeah, I got that from the library. So I've got that on deck. What else? Uh, oh, shit! What is the name of it? I got ten minutes left of it. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. That was from. Two, you have ten minutes left of the movie. Two weeks ago, yes, I got ten minutes left in it. I got inter- interrupted by kids. To, I, I so wanted to review it tonight, but oh, I was going to say I was, I'm so curious about that movie. Well, I got like I said, ten minutes left, but um, so far. It has a hipster feel, but it's the kind of good hipster feel that you and I enjoy, like in between a Napoleon Dynamite and a Greasy Strangler. Okay. Somewhere, okay. Imagine like a nice and light R-rated movie in the middle of that. Is it horror, action, comedy? What is it? A, a little comedy, action, thriller. Not thriller. But at any rate, at, uh, up until okay. this point, I, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to be recommending this one. But I got to see how the last ten minutes roll out because okay. we're real close there. There is some violence; it is bloody towards the end. There is it's comedy. It's uh, the first thirty minutes. I was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to like this. And then it once we get to the the frickin' Hobbit getting into the movie, it picks up the pace. And I'm like, oh yeah, I like this yeah. guy. He's, in, nice. he's into kung fu and metal, laying around on his couch, eating craft Singles cheese slices like a <laughs> maniac. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me and him have a lot in common. I'm just yep. slightly less dorky glasses, I believe. I've, that's all I got over him. <laughs> Has he washed off the slimy, stinky grease of Nicolas Cage from <laughs> the awful shit fest, whatever movie that I picked up for the roulette where they were... <laughs> Bumbling idiots trying to rob something or other. You remember that one, right? Yeah, I, I remember your review. Uh, they're definitely yeah. bumbling idiots in this, but you like them. And okay. again, 
a coating of hipsterish stuff. Okay. But go in with that in mind. And I, so far, I can't imagine you won't like this. Just be, okay. be a little prepared. The first half an hour is a little, little paced a certain, paced a little deliberately. But once okay. we get to his character, I'm in. And it gets okay. better and better and better and better. Like these Netflix original films kind of seem to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where they, it, yeah. they start off a little bit where you're like, I don't know. I'm wary of you. But then <laughs> we get to the third act and I'm like, I'm I'm in, man. And actually yes. the third act was kind of gory. And is freaking hilarious. I, I still have to see how the events play out to give a final review. But so far, thumbs up. Nice. I'm looking forward to it. Whenever you say like, Good hipster, to me, good hipster would be It Follows. I think It Follows is kind of a hipster movie. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, I don't know why. I just think, uh, like, the characters in it, I'm like, you're all kind of hipsters. And the way it's shot is hipster, but that's a one that I can totally get behind. And I'm like, that's a great movie. But then there is a plethora of shit out there that I'm like, <laughs> oh, you're mumbling to each other because that's hip. No, oh, no, and... it's not that. It's not that. I don't, I don't want to go down. I don't want to derail down that whole trail of hipster shit. I'm just saying that yeah. this is uh, more along the lines of that. Napole- Again, I hated Napoleon Dynamite, but at least I admit there's a couple parts that are funny. It's, yeah. it's between that and Greasy Strangler. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not, yeah, it's not wow. full on cocks out Greasy Strangler, but <laughs> it's funny. And I'm not yeah. annoyed by it. And I don't think people yeah. are acting weird to be cool. They're just, that's who they are. That's my kind of hipster. Nice. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of your review. And Come, coming, um, soon for you. coming soon for me is Vampire's Night Orgy from Code Red. I'm done. I'm Eric Warner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. for listening.